Anyway, we're in week two of a new series called Anyone. Anyone. Good news. It's right there on your note sheet. If you have a note sheet, you can take notes tonight to help you remember what in the world we talked about after you leave here. Because I know everybody forgets stuff like literally five seconds after they walk out of a service. So if you need help with that, you can take notes. But yes, we're in a series called Good News. Now, good news is a saying about the Bible and specifically about the gospel. Who is about a certain person whose name is Jesus? Yes. Jesus. Very good. So last week we started to talk about Jesus and we're actually going to talk about him for the next several weeks. We're going to look at a different story from his life every week. And so tonight we got a story we're going to talk about that's going to be very, very bien, which is Spanish for what? Good. Yes. Now, if you got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. We're going to look at all those verses. We're going to chat about them, figure out what they mean, what can we take away, and hopefully all of us will walk away from this more enlightened and smarter people. But before we do that, here's what I want to do, just so we're all focused, just so we're on the same page, let's pray together, okay? And then we'll get into it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for all these students that are here. Thank you for the leaders. And God, we just want to, as we get into this, we just want to ask you to focus our hearts, focus our minds, and uh, we just pray you'd speak to us right now. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, let's jump right in. Now, here's the deal. Some of y'all are feeling rambunctious tonight, I can tell already. Here's, Here's what I want you to do with that rambunctiousness. Put it into focus, not talking. If you talk... We have the three strikes, you're out rule. So if you get warned once, then it's a warning. Twice, you get options. Stay here, go home. Third, you only have one option, it's go home. So just focus. We're going to get into this. It's going to be amazing. How many people are ready to get in this and it be amazing? Say yes. All right, here we go. Verse number 18 says this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter. So the book of Peter and the disciple you've heard called Peter is Simon, but he's also called Peter. They have two names sometimes. It's weird, but that's the way it is. And his brother Andrew. So two brothers hanging out. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. So we got two brothers hanging out, and they are fishermen. Are you with me so far? Say yes. So Jesus finds, for those of you who aren't with us right now, Jesus finds two stinky fishermen on a lake. Your fill-in-the-blank is Stinky. Why? Because I like that word. Stinky. Or you could say stanky if you wanted. Either one worked. Now, if you're a fisherman, you're around what a lot? Starts with a F, ends with an ish. Yes, fish. You're around fish a lot. Fish don't smell good. If you've never been around fish, they don't smell good. So therefore, fishermen don't smell good either. Hence, they are stanky. And so Jesus comes across these guys who are fishermen. They've been around fish all the time. They clean them. They gut them. They get nasty. It's just disgusting. Um, But they catch fish. So this is is what's going on right now. Two fishermen on a lake. They're brothers. Jesus is there. Let's keep reading. What could Jesus want with these two guys is my question. 
fishermen. They're stinky. This is Jesus, God in a person. What could God in a person want with two stinky fishermen? (laughs) Who said that? Front row said fish. Obvious answer. Very good answer. Um, Let's see if he wants fish. Let's find out. Let's keep reading. Verse 19. He says, come follow me. Maybe because he wants fish. Um, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So he doesn't want fish. He wants to send them out to go fish for people. That's got to hurt. I mean, to get a hook like in your cheek. I mean, but Jesus is going to send them out to do this. So Jesus asked them to follow him. Now, let me fill some of you guys in on the way it went down back in the day when Jesus was hanging out on this earth, okay? Back then, they had different classes of people, okay? People would have trades that they would do. Um, If you were a son, like I have a dad, if I uh, was growing up and I didn't do very well in school, I would start to do whatever my dad did for a job. So if my dad, my dad works on trains. So if my dad works on trains and I didn't do good in school, I no longer am in school. I am now learning to be a train worker honor. And so I would learn how to work on trains. So by the time I become an adult, I'm a, I do what my dad does. I work on trains. So back then, hey, guys, the talking thing. Thank you. So... Back in the day, if Simon Peter, you know, Peter, uh, and his brother Andrew were fishermen, odds are their dad was a fisherman too. Now, fishermen back then weren't necessarily like bottom of the, of the row as far as respected people, but they definitely weren't the top. Because again, remember the stanky? Remember that? Yeah. So the stanky keeps them from being really cool people that everybody looks up to and is like, man, when I grow up, I want to be a fisherman. That's not really what they would aspire to be necessarily. But Jesus was a rabbi. Now, a rabbi was a respected guy. Rabbis went through school. Rabbis learned a lot. Rabbis were very smart. When you saw a rabbi, you would be respectful of them, even if you weren't Jewish. He would still be like, oh, that's a rabbi. I'm not going to mess with that guy. He's fairly important. Now, Jesus is that guy. He is a rabbi. People look at him and they're like, oh, okay, he's pretty important. Even if they didn't realize he was the son of God and he was God in a person, they realized he was a rabbi. So this rabbi is coming up to this lake, calling these two stinking fishermen and saying, hey, come follow me. Hey, come learn what I'm doing. Hey, come follow me and do the things I'm doing. And so he's asking two guys who have already said, you know what? We're not very smart. We're not very uh, respected in society. We're nasty, stinky fishermen, and we're all right with that. Um, but he's come and s- said to them, hey, you guys who are nasty, stinky fishermen, you guys come with me and come fish for men, which obviously they're not like casting nets out and actually catching men. That's weird. What he's, what he's talking about is going out and talking to people, loving on people, doing the things that he's doing. So he's telling them to come follow him. So it's like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense because these fishermen are kind of like low folks. I mean, they're not like, it's not like he's talking to a king. I mean, these are fishermen. Now, if Jesus walked up to a king or like this high official and said, hey, follow me, that would make sense, right? Because he's God. I mean, he would talk to the respectable people. Like if he came here today, he'd probably go talk to the president or something. He wouldn't come here and talk to us. I mean, we're 
We're little peons. So that's kind of how these guys thought of themselves as like little peons. Like, what is this rabbi dude doing talking to us? But he invites them, Jesus invites them to come with him. And so these guys who kind of think they're nobody and people look at them and think they're nobody and no good are invited to go follow a rabbi, which is a big deal back then. Now, how do they respond? Well, in verse 20, it says, at once they left their nets and followed him. It's like, yeah, well, if they're fishermen and a rabbi says, come on, they're coming on. So they immediately leave and they go hang out with Jesus. They immediately left everything and went with Jesus. Now, the story continues. Jesus continues to walk around this lake. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers. So two more brothers. There's lots of families out on this lake, I guess. Two more brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. So James and John, the disciples. They're not the disciples yet. This is them actually being called for the first time. They were also called the Sons of Thunder, which is, I think is a pretty cool name. But these guys were on the lake, and they were in their boat with their father, Zebedee. Remember when I said that if you weren't smart enough, you had to learn your father's trade? Well, these two brothers are learning their father's trade with their father, Zebedee. Very cool name. Um, preparing, the, uh, or preparing their nets. And then Jesus called them. So Jesus is walking around this lake. He's already called two brothers that were fishermen. He runs up on two more brothers that are fishermen, hanging out with their dad, learning how to be fishermen. And Jesus calls them. And actually says for them to come too. He's like, okay, I've already got two stinky fishermen. I mean, let's get some more. I like these guys. These guys are cool. I like sushi and they smell like sushi. So let's do this. And so he invites two more guys that, again, socially, not very popular, not very cool guys. But Jesus invites them to come with him as well. So there's kind of a theme going. He's already done this once. He's doing it again with these guys, too. And they immediately left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, this is funny to me because, remember, they're in a boat, right, on a lake. And Jesus calls out. He's like, hey, guys. Why don't you come with me? I got two other fishermen. We're going to go out and we're going to fish for men. It's going to be amazing. And so these guys immediately, it says, get out of the boat. I'm wondering if they're like in the middle of the lake and they just jump out. They're just like, dude, a rabbi just called us, man. Let's go. And they like jump out and leave their dad like holding the net. He's like, hey, man, that's not cool. You're not getting your allowance this week, John. And he like scolds them and grounds them for following Jesus. So they literally like just jump out of the boat and go follow Jesus. And even dad, they just leave dad. They leave everybody. They just leave. They just take off and go follow Jesus. Which I love. Now, why does Jesus pick these men? Why does he pick these four fishermen? Don't answer this. We're going to answer it as we keep going. Why would he pick these guys? I mean, that's the question I always have when I read this. It's like, okay, he could have picked like some like officials. He could have picked some guards that are like working in the temple. I mean, he could have picked some really famous people back then. I mean, why these fishermen that nobody knows that just are in the lake all day casting their nets? Why these guys? To answer that question, I wanted to uh, paint a little picture 
with some friends of mine. Um, and these guys are right here, little fishies. And these are anchovies. Anybody ever had an anchovy before? That's disgusting. All of you with your hands up, don't ever talk to me again. I'm just kidding. I love you. I'm kidding. Um, okay, anchovies are something that you can get on pizza. Like, I'm sure that's probably where most of you have heard of them. There's actually anchovies in this little tin I've got here. Um, anchovy fillets. Ugh. I'm not opening this and I'm not eating it. Um, I might do something with this later on in the service. Maybe. Now, these right here are nasty, okay? Sardines are, these aren't sardines. Anchovies are not, they're just, ugh. They smell like nasty fish, and I, I want to vomit when I look at them. Um, they're nasty. They're not good, okay? Now, I don't know if you agree with me or not. Most people don't like anchovies. Some of you weirdos might really like it, but... Um, these are not good, okay? Smell terrible. Maybe want to Ralph everywhere. Yes, Ralph. Has anybody ever heard of this saying, Ralph? If you're if you're in middle school, I know leaders have heard that. Is anybody in here named Ralph? I apologize. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, anchovies, right? Okay, anchovies. This stuff right here, not good stuff. Anchovies can actually make something good. Anchovies that are not good can be something very good. Does anybody know what that something very good is? Caviar. Caviar? No. Caviar is fish eggs. No, no. Pizza is good without anchovies. It's not the other way around. I'm going to help some of you guys out. It, help, it helps make a tasty little condiment called Zach sauce. Now, I have some Zach sauce here. Um, those of you that have really, really good eyesight can actually see, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle it for you really quick. Anchovy is in the ingredients for Zach sauce. How many of you actually knew that? A few of you? How many of you didn't know that, and now you're never going to eat Zach sauce again? <laughs> All right. You put your hands down. All right, now listen. I have to be honest with you. This is one of the main reasons I will go to Zaxby's. I love this sauce. It is so tasty. I dip my fries in it all day long. And I could just drink it if, if I was really hungry. Um, I'm not going to right now, though. Lots of calories and saturated fat. Like I said, I'm very health conscious. <laughs> uh, so, this stuff right here is very good. Now, we went from anchovies, which are nasty garbage, to... Zach sauce, which is delicious sauce from heaven. How did we go from something like that to something like this where it's got the same thing in it? Now, <laughs> the government. Who said the government? That didn't even make sense. Um, listen, shh, shh, shh. stop yelling out answers. I'm going to bridge the gap here. Shh. Anchovies, okay? Picture yourself as an anchovy, okay? Now, hold on. Just stay with me. 
if you don't want to picture yourself as an anchovy, just picture an anchovy in general, okay? These things are not respected around the world. There's only a select few people who will eat them. They sell them in this very, very small section at the grocery store. It took me forever to find that little can. Um, they're not respected in the food world, okay? Anchovies are little disrespected fishies. That It's just sad, really, if you think about it. But So they're like bottom of the rung when it comes to, to food. But if you look at fast food restaurants around here and you look at like sauces and stuff, whether you like this or not, this is one of the like most popular sauces there are. So this is like one of the higher, more popular things in the food world. So something that was not very respected, something that was not very good, these little anchovy fishies that ugh, are nasty, turned in to something that was respected in the food world that is good, that is tasty, that people like. And it's because of that that it's kind of surprising that Zach sauce is good when you have an anchovy in it. When you hear anchovy, it's like, well, then it should taste like fish. But it doesn't. It tastes like, like I said, manna from heaven. It's amazing. And so when we're talking about these disciples, it's kind of the same thing. I want to, I want to read a story, okay, um, from Luke, okay? You don't have to turn there. Uh, I'm going to actually read it to you, and I want you to hear all this and not be distracted by turning in your Bibles and such. Um, And I'm not going to stop and pause. I'm going to read it straight through. But this is these same disciples, okay, these same guys that just got called to follow Jesus. It involves them. Now, I'm going to set this up really quick before we actually read through it. Um, Jesus is... He's going around doing, he's talking to different people. He's performing miracles. People are starting to follow him. People are starting to ask questions like, dude, how do I get to this kingdom of God you keep talking about? How, do, how, do, how can I do the things you do? How can I enter into heaven that you keep talking about? Hey, if you're talking, I need you to stop. I'm seeing little pockets everywhere. So this one guy in particular comes up to Jesus and he asks him some of these questions. And it's this really rich guy. And he comes up to Jesus and he's like, he he asked Jesus, how can I um, enter heaven? How can I be saved? How can I get to this place that you keep talking about? And so Jesus answers him this way, okay? He says, um, when Jesus heard this, he was talking talking, uh, about keeping the commandments to, to this rich guy. And Jesus says, when he heard this, he said, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Now, again, this is a rich guy, okay? And Jesus says the one thing you need is to sell all the stuff you have, okay? You have lots of possessions. You have lots of stuff. You need to get rid of that stuff. That's the one thing he says you need to do to to enter heaven, to get saved, to, to follow me. And then he says, then come and follow me. So get rid of this stuff and then come and follow me. Now, when he was with the fishermen, what did he do? He just said, drop everything and follow me, right? And they, they did, immediately. So he's kind of saying the same thing to this rich guy. He's saying, you have got to drop that, all that stuff, all that money and stuff that you have. You've got to drop that and follow me. And so this is what the rich guy does. At this, at these, um, when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it? For the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. 
Anybody seen a needle? The eye of it? Anybody seen a camel? Does anybody think a camel can fit through the eye of a needle? (laughs) If you believe. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay. Just a few more verses here. It says, those who heard this ask, then who can be saved? So people are around Jesus when he's saying this to this rich guy. You got to sell this stuff. Now, if you don't want to sell all this stuff, it's really hard for a rich person to get into heaven because they don't want to let go of this stuff. And so they ask, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus replied, what is impossible with human beings is possible with God. Then Peter said, and remember Peter's the guy who was on the lake that got called to follow Jesus. We have left all we had to follow you. And then Jesus replies, truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. So these same disciples that Jesus called from the lake and they dropped everything and followed him, see Jesus respond to this really rich guy and call call this rich guy to follow him too. But before he can, he needs to sell this stuff. He needs to get rid of all this possessions and all this wealth that he's got. And so then that worries the disciples. They're like, man, we didn't sell everything. How can we get into, I mean, are we good? Can we get into heaven? And Jesus reassures them. He's like, no, no, no. Okay. You guys that left everything and followed after me, you guys are good. You guys are going to receive so much more by following me because you left all those things. And so the thing, as I look at these, these verses that I start to get is again, I ask this question, why did he pick these men? Right? Why did he pick these fishermen? He's just talking to this rich guy. That makes more sense. It's like, okay, he's got a lot of money. He can like give to the ministries Jesus is doing. He can give to poor people and stuff. But Jesus says he needs to sell all that stuff so he can follow him. So apparently there's something about that that's keeping him from being able to follow Jesus. And there was something about the disciples that they didn't have that going on. So here's one reason why the guy, Jesus picked these guys, these fishermen, these stinky fishermen, okay? They were humble and willing to give up everything for Jesus. Now, why were they willing to give up everything? Because they didn't have near as much stuff as that rich guy. When they left the fishing boat, that's probably about all they left. was the fishing boat, the net, and their dad. (laughs) Poor dad. So when they left stuff, they weren't leaving near as much as far as possessions and things as this rich guy. Now, humble is kind of the key thing I want you to look at, okay? Humble is like one of the biggest things about these fishermen. They're humble guys. They're fishermen. They don't, they're not like these rich rulers that can get really prideful and think they're awesome. They don't think they're awesome. Which is one of the main reasons Jesus picks them. They're not that guy, that guy or that girl in school that thinks they are the stuff. And maybe you're that guy or that girl in here, I don't know. You think like you're the stuff, the bomb, like everybody should just be like taking notes on how you dress, how you talk, the way you act. Like that's how everyone should act because you are awesome. 
these guys don't think of themselves that way. And so they're really humble. They're not holding on to some kind of reputation. They're not holding on to some kind of image that they've put out there. Like, ooh, there's the really good fishermen guys. They caught a really big trout one day. They're amazing. They don't have that going on. So when Jesus says, hey, come follow me, they let go of what they had because they didn't have very much and they weren't very prideful about anything. And so they left it all and they went and followed Jesus. Here's something else, though. They found their identity in God. So the reason they could be humble, the reason that they could just leave everything is they found their identity in who God made them and not in their job, their reputation. So the fact that they're a fisherman, that didn't stop them from following Jesus. They didn't think so lowly of themselves that they couldn't follow Jesus. They weren't like, man, I'm just trash, man. I can't follow you, Jesus. I'm just pole fisherman trash. They didn't say that. They said, okay, let's do this. I'm on. Let's go for it. And they left and they went with him. So they didn't put a whole lot of stock in who they were. They didn't put a whole lot of stock in what they did. They, they weren't like all boastful, prideful, thinking they're the bomb, they're awesome, they're cool stuff. They didn't think any of that stuff. So they left everything and followed him. And here's the thing with these fishermen, and here's the thing with all of us in here right now. Because a lot of us kind of start to fall in this trap of we think, okay, well, I mean, only the really, like, talented people can be used by God. Only the really, like, people, eloquent people who could talk really well can be used by God. Only the people who have lots of stuff can really help in God's kingdom and, like, give to people. Only those people. Only the popular people. Only the good-looking people. Only the really... um, really good people in sports and band and all those things. But Jesus invites people, all people, who seem to be not good enough, like fishermen, or like me, or like all of us really, who seem like we're not good enough. He calls us, he calls the fishermen, he calls all of us out to be the people to change this world. Those stinky fishermen that were with Jesus that left the lake, that all they knew to do, how to do was fish. That's all they knew how to do. Those are the guys that started Christianity. Jesus taught them what it was like to follow him. They followed him everywhere. For three years, they followed him everywhere. They did the things he did. They said the things he said. What? So they followed him everywhere and they did the stuff that he did because they gave up everything to go after him. So God used those same guys, those same low, not respected fishermen, and he used them to change the world, to show the world who God is. And we have churches now in America, like Westridge, that are here because of the disciples who spread the message of who Jesus was. So they didn't buy too much stock into reputation. They didn't buy too much stock into who they were, thinking they're big, bad, awesome people. And so if there's something you can get out of that, it's don't think you're too cool for school. Don't think you're too awesome, like you're better than everybody else. 
Now, God loves you. He thinks you're awesome. He does think you're awesome. He made you to be awesome. He, uh, he loves you like crazy. He loves all of us like crazy, though. So if any of us think that we're better than somebody else, you're disrespecting God by doing that. Because God made everybody awesome. Now, he made everybody to need Jesus, too. We're not perfect. We've messed up. But we've got to be humble. We've got to not want to hold on to our popularity or our, our uh, possessions and, and money and, and getting stuff and clothes. We've got to not hold on to that so much that we lose sight of who Jesus is and that Jesus is calling us out the same way he called these fishermen out. So here's my question to you guys. The same way Jesus called out those two sets of brothers that are hanging out on a lake fishing, they don't know anything about following Jesus. They don't know anything about what it means to be a rabbi. They don't know anything about Christianity. He calls these guys and says, hey, let's go change the world. Let's go reach this world. And so my question to you is, are you willing to give up everything to follow Jesus? Are you willing to jump out of the boat and go after him? Now, hold on. I hear some of you saying yes. I want, I want you to realize what you're saying yes to, okay? That means when there's a party going down one weekend, and you know at that party there's going to be a lot of things that have absolutely nothing to do with Jesus, and in fact are going against some of the things Jesus said. That means you're saying no to those things because you said yes to following Jesus. That doesn't mean you treat those guys bad or those girls bad or you judge them. It just means you don't do the things they're doing. It also means when you're hanging out with all your friends at school and you know there's somebody that needs to know about Jesus, following Jesus means you show them Jesus and the way you act, the way you talk, you actually talk about him. So when I ask, are you willing to give up everything and follow Jesus? Like, you're saying yes to some pretty serious things. Some pretty big things. It might mean your reputation is different than what it is right now. It might mean that you're not friends with some of the same friends you, you are now. Because they're not living for Jesus. They're not following Jesus. They're following something else. It might mean that you actually start to open your mouth and talk to some people that you have never talked to before because you know they need to hear about Jesus. So are you willing to give up and let go of the things that think people think about you because you're just all in for Jesus? You're all in for following him. You're jumping out of the boat and you're going after him. Because if you're for that... Just like these disciples, just 12 guys, you can change the world, but you can change your school. I mean, that's like something you can see happening now. You can start to see people coming to revolution and hearing about Jesus. You can start to see Bible studies forming at school. You can start to see prayer groups starting to form. FCA is getting big. But the biggest thing is you start to see people starting to experience Jesus. The guy, the God who saves us. So, 
Are you willing to give up everything to follow Jesus?